Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today on the podcast. It's Denise Chyla. You might have heard of her. Kind of a big deal. I do what I want with my pronouns. Keep it low-key on my profile. I raise the bar when I come through. You already know it's going to go down. My name's not that hard to pronounce. Pre-K, it's not profound. C-H-A-I-L-A. Sound the words out. Denise has just released a new single. It's called 061, the Limerick Area Code. It's got an amazing video as well, featuring all of the good people of Limerick. Well, almost all of them. Anyway, this interview was done in around mid-June, early to mid-June, a week before 061 came out. So I hadn't seen the video yet. So uh, this is what we don't talk about. We don't talk about how great the video is. I highly recommend you check it out if you haven't already. You can listen to the track at the end of the podcast as well. But before we get to the 061, we have to talk about 2020 and everything that happened to Denise that year. She released a mixtape called Go Bravely, which won the Choice Prize earlier this year. And I'm pretty sure that this is the first proper interview that Denise has done since she won it. So we talk about all that and we talk about what a phenomenal success Chyla in particular. That track, this track that's playing right now underneath me talking is after all of the live streams of 2020, including that very, that very first one, I think, playing the National Gallery as part of the Other Voices Courage series, which I think I will talk about for the rest of my life. It just felt like a real seminal moment. There were a lot more live streams that Denise did over the course of the year, but tomorrow, if people are listening to this on the day that the podcast comes out, Friday the 2nd of July. Denise is playing the pilot festival in Kilmainham, which I'm heading along to, so I cannot wait to see what she's got in store for us live. As she says on the episode, she wants to play the biggest stage possible. I think she's well on the way there, and I haven't even seen her yet. So look, there's no point in me selling this up, because I hope that everybody listening knows just how great Denise is already. I can't wait to see what she has in store for us over the course of 2021. 2022 and all of the years following so this was a really really enjoyable interview Denise was really really generous with her time I could have press record about 40 minutes before I did I could have left it going about 40 minutes after I pressed stop we could have talked for a heck of a lot longer so I'm really grateful to uh, Denise and God knows I'm early for uh, allowing me to do it and will we just get into it Denise Chyla on the point of everything for the very first time say my name congratulations on winning the choice prize haven't heard much from you since the ceremony were you expecting oh hell no are you kidding me that was like someone hit me over the head with something I was sitting exactly where you're sitting actually when we heard about it we were on a zoom call and it was Tracy Clifford who was presenting it and I think she could see us like live in real time, but we weren't briefed on whether or not like it was live or what was going on or if we were in the same Zoom room as she was. And so she was laughing at us and I was freaking out and I was like getting ready to like congratulate like literally anybody else. Like <laughs> I was primed on Instagram to just be like, congratulations. 
fellow queens already, JLL. I don't know, whoever you are. But, like, I, nah, not at all. And then, like, Merle just, like, laid down on the floor over there in front of the door. G stood up immediately, hands in the air. And I was just, like, frozen. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't prepare anything. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I fell asleep for two months after that and woke up intermittently to like make music and then go back to sleep and then woke up to write fan fiction and went back to sleep <laughs> fan fiction eh <laughs> <laughs> more 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 questions coming about that uh <laughs> later on um what's your relationship with the mixtape the album however you want to <laughs> call it now did you think like this is the best album that was released in 2020 in ireland that's not those are not the conditions that I made it under. Like I was, I was, um, I was going through a lot when I made it like two years ago, you know? So like, I guess we would have started making it around mid 2018. I think maybe the first song was made, you know, and then we kept on going and then dual citizenship was made in 2019. And then in earnest after that, or like during that period, I was like making songs and I was like, it seems like they could belong to a bigger project. Maybe I'll lead up to something bigger than an EP. And we made Go Bravely and like looked back on it and it was like, oh, this could, this, this feels like one solid piece. It feels like a really nice time capsule to like put on the last two years-ish, whatever. So we decided to collate everything and say, ah, oh, yeah, this is, this is the work of my hands. This is everything I've put my efforts and my energy towards. And it's like being in like, like, I don't know, mats and showing your work on paper and like showing your formulas and stuff. I was like, yeah, a mix shape. <laughs> <laughs> because like, that's just, I don't know. That's just the most natural thing that came to mind when it was all said and done. And I looked back on it and Merle was talking to me about it and she was talking to me about it. And we were like, yeah. Yeah, because everyone who I love kind of started in the era of a mixtape, in the era of like saying that it never has to be a full stop, like the way a capital A album feels like a full stop on the end of a sentence and like a definitive clause in your story. So I've lived my life in a state of shock at the reception of Go Bravely from its inception to no from chyla until now i have been shook like i've been screaming internally i have not been okay it's been fantastic and terrifying you've not been okay in a good sense yeah <laughs> like i've not been okay in the sense that oh my goodness people are showing this to their grandmas and they're like four-year-olds what? yeah i did want to ask you about maybe your relationship with that song in particular the first time I think a lot of people would have heard it would have been the live stream that you did maybe in April 2020 at the National Gallery. Mm. I'm pretty sure that was the first time yeah. that I had heard it. And it stood out that really? night as well. I was, because it's it's just got that hook that it's in your head straight away. Did you think that it was the best thing that you did that you had made? And did you think that it was going to take off the way that it took off? No and no. It was it was called intro for the longest time. Like it was just it, I knew it was going to be the intro because I wrote it that way. And I was like, what do I think about all the time? I think about my name. What would be a nice way to start this? It would be nice to start this with introducing myself. It could have existed as intro on the mixtape. 
for some reason, as time went on, and I can't remember why, Merle's in his room, and he would probably be able to remember better, but he will, like, we, we just decided to release it as a single. Blah, 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 stuff and things and stuff and things, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and that's then, the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was a great interview. Thank you so much. I do try. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was weird how it all, like, snowballed and, like, became this avalanche of, like, things just moving organically and happening and we took a chance on this song and we're like actually i really like it do you like it g do you like it merly and they both were like yeah we like it and so we did a video for it and i in my head i was like holy grail is the one that makes the most sense chyla feels good though you know why don't we do Chyla, you know? And, and, and Down is the one that showcases my abilities as a rapper. So this summer, how about we do Down, Holy Grail, and Chyla and see where that gets us? And Chyla popped so severely. Like, bro, it, it, it twerked all up and down my timeline <laughs> like it was Trina. I was like, all my ladies pop your Chyla hit like this. Like, it was... It didn't make sense. And then by the time we got to like mid-July, I was just sitting there shaking my head constantly. Like, how is how how is this resonating with people? Because this is such a specific song. Like if I sit in on any conference with people, they're going to tell you that the song that's going to hit is the one that's the most universal. You know, the one that's the most like ambiguous about pronouns, the most ambiguous about ideas so that it hits like a wider audience and like their universality of like not saying my name is specifically Denise Chyla and I am specifically from the southwest of Ireland specifically via Chikankata specifically <laughs> um so I guess like I have made a point of trusting my instincts and like trusting that people actually really can find their own way to you like and find their themselves in your work despite the fact that you're being like and I was born under a full moon in 1993 <laughs> by the river. <laughs> it's like, okay, girl, I was born on a mountain, but go off. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Is this the answer you're expecting from me? Owen? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> um, like, when did it hit instantly? Like, did it feel like straight away, like, oh, this is taking off? Because I, I kind of can't pinpoint the moment when it happened other than that first time that I heard it. And then suddenly it just seemed to be everywhere last summer. It was all yeah. over radio and you became like a big deal. Yeah. Quickly no. as well. Okay. <sighs> Let me be really honest. It still hasn't hit me. I still don't understand like and that sounds that sounds really trite and maybe like something that like you'd expect to hear someone say but like i okay so if you picture this i'm in quarantine i'm completely locked down um my parents work at the hospital so like i'm super duper locked down too like i'm not going anywhere because i'm just afraid of like carrying germs outside of my house and i don't know what i'm doing and I'm not great at social media or not even not great I just don't find my joy there so I stay offline and I'm not really in people's space nobody can like 
really approach me except people who know me very well or like who've known me for years and that's like a particular kind of conversation you know they're not going to come to me and tell me you're the best thing ever and I think that you've taken over the world and oh my gosh your song oh my gosh another impression of me I I I do know you quite well Owen um (laughs) (laughs) but like I don't know like it it took a long time like I still have to have people like my friends tap me on the shoulder and be like no like last year was real like that happened like and it happened and it was important for people who are not just you and it didn't happen like in a corner or in a capsule it happened in the world um but because I'm separate and I I do live in the countryside like I live away from people even like on a day-to-day communal sense like there are weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks where I never even left my house it just didn't feel like anything real and then the choice happened and I was like oh really what are you sure cool I I'm not giving it back like thanks <laughs> but like at the same time like this is very uh oh gosh sometimes I talk to like the guys about how unfair it seems like all of my dreams came true in a year where I wasn't able to share them with anyone and feel like they actually happened because it doesn't feel real still like it feels like maybe 2022 2023 I'll be able to like be like oh my gosh wow that was super cool guys (laughs) (laughs) and I'll be super late to my own party but who cares at least I'll make it there (laughs) did you take the couple of months after the choice to kind of think about that to kind of assess how 2020 was for you and also it was a really great year for you do you also kind of almost feel resentful that like the pandemic happened and you know you could have been playing all of the shows as well and you could have been like even bigger um I don't because I I think that I'm an introspective writer I'm an introspective rapper and I couch that within balance I couch that and I hide that and obfuscate that within braggadocio or like, you know, Merle knows how to really compliment me and make sure that I don't get lost in my head even on a track. But I do feel that in a year where everybody's sitting down and listening and that's all that you have time to do, this was the perfect opportunity for me to really display who and what I am or at least attempt to. Because if you're not dancing and lost in the rhythm of your own life and you're looking for things to hold on to and anchors to like sort of put your hands to, you're going to hear me. Like I think that was it was it Getz who said that like in another year, a different style of music might have been more popular. In another year, you might have wanted more EDM stuff you might have looked towards disc you're going out you know you might you might have really never clocked into what was going on over here but in a year like this where you're looking for encouragement or you're looking for someone who you feel is a safe space and that you don't have to filter their lyrics out someone who's like saying something maybe that you want to say or that you want to hear this is the year where like artists like that have really shone to me like because I went back to 
to Pimp a Butterfly a lot this last year and to uh, the Arc Android, uh, Janelle Monet's first album. And I went back to Miseducation, you know, because I was like constantly being pulled back, like almost forcefully to like my roots and my foundations and my like primary beliefs, like who am I, who am I? Um, because when you're alone a lot, you get existential. And if you're trying to get existential and have hold someone hold your hand through it, I'm your gal because I am quite existential. It's something that I know how to how to think through, I think, really well at this point. So no, I don't I don't actually feel like um, anything was lost or gained because like to me, moving forward in life is really important. And I don't think that like what ifs uh, help me because I, my brain has a tendency to catastrophize. But like, I do think, I do think that what did happen and, and the environment that was created was conducive to allowing me to take the year at my own pace too. Cause I'm not really great with large swathes of people approaching me. Um, Cause I'm a great, I'm, I'm good at performing, I think you'll have to be the judge of that uh i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't put that like i wouldn't say that about myself like but i i do know that like i i i I prefer that kind of way of interacting with people than like a, a huge group approaching me and having to give of myself in that way yeah are you kind of ready worried prepared preparing for like the next stage when people are going specifically for Denise Chyla and like you're playing bigger venues I was wondering on my way here like what venue does does she play you know like do you want to kind of start small do you want to still play the small venues and kind of build up or are you like give me the biggest stage possible oh dang oh you don't play what a question um I I want to I want to see people's faces like I think that for the first couple of venues I want to be I want to be intimate with people like if I end up crying I want to know that you can see my face and that like I'm doing the most like braggadocious gusty song like maybe I am actually on my like hands and knees twerking on a stage weeping with joy because this is everything I want to do with my life and we can share a moment I don't know necessarily that I would feel comfortable going for a huge stage immediately because I think a lot about this this idea of aftercare after a pandemic and wanting to ease myself and ease other people back into a world of music and shared music by sort of like taking it step by step and holding each other's hands and being like, okay, it would be so nice to just jump straight into the big festival stage. But sometimes you need to account for the fact that we're not ready for that. Like after a year of keeping your distance from people, you could go home and have like a really difficult moment after, after that, you know, just knowing that like you did things that for a year and a half, you never allowed yourself to do. Um, so, you know, just keeping keeping that in mind, pace is important to me. But one day, like my my aim, my goal, my dream since I was five is that I wanted to sell out a stadium like Madison Square Garden one day in my life. 
don't know how it'll happen but but like you know to have a show to have people who I love on a stage with me to be able to be like unapologetically dramatic because I am to like deck everyone out in sequins and have fire and do like do you know those old earth wind and fire gigs where Maurice White and everybody just came out and they had like choreographed dances and there were pyrotechnics and like everything was just intense like oh what a dream <laughs> earth wind and fire is that where you're going next that's your i think so (laughs) i'm a huge disco head you know like this is how i started like i used to listen to q102 when i lived in dublin and they had these like golden oldies nights and i would pretend to do the dishes and i wouldn't and i would just stay in the kitchen for an hour and a half and nothing is getting done and i'm sweating all over the floor and my mom's coming in <laughs> like denise what's going on in there just knocking on the door and she's looking at me and i'd like close the door in front of her like don't worry about it i'm okay i'll get it done and i'd be there until like two in the morning just like get ready tonight <laughs> gonna make this a night to remember <laughs> and then i'd wake up for school in the morning the dishes are still not done and she would oh sorry Mom. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. Do your family find it weird that like their surname has been one of the biggest songs in Ireland in the past year? Did you have to get it cleared or anything? No. <laughs> I made a song about her surname. I never told them I was doing it. Um Oh really you didn't tell. Well, I wasn't exactly given the go-ahead to be a musician because I sort of kind of dropped out of college twice and sort of was not... I didn't tell anybody the second time. Why were you studying? Sociology and English, which I loved. And and this is the part where I feel like I, I lose a lot of people. It's like, why would you drop out of like a course that you actually love with professors who were really plugged into you with like a course load that you were really interested in? I was like, well, because assessment didn't work out for me. I didn't like the way I was being assessed and that had nothing to do with my professors and everything to do with the way third level education just works as a whole. But I wasn't for it. And when I left, because it was like my second go round. Like I went back to Zambia in 2013, met my family again, went back to the village where I was born, was looking for inspiration and uh, came back and dropped out of college because I was like, I'm gonna be a musician. But it didn't work out for me immediately as, as it was supposed to, you know? I thought that I would just like drop out and do music and it would be like smooth sailing from there on in. Um, but I guess from 2013, 2014 really until 2016 15 when I went back to college I was just struggling and trying things and enjoying my friends rise to fame themselves and happy to just shop their merch and be in the environment you know and be like gosh I don't know if this is ever going to happen for me but I'm really grateful that G and Merley want me to be a part of their story. Um, so I'm going to, and I'm going to make sure that they don't have to think about little things. And I'm going to be as supportive as I can. And then by the time Chyla came out, it had been a few years of people 
being extremely concerned for me because like for a while it was like where's the album where's the song you haven't released any music this is even before let the dead bury the dead i feel like people think i'm an overnight sensation i'm not i disappointed my family are you kidding me like i went through that like it was like and everybody who cared about me like as a friend in my community in limerick was like yeah you're doing so great but are you releasing any music like are you ever gonna just get into a studio and record and i was like yeah eventually one day (laughs) (laughs) and nothing was holding me back except i guess i was still trying to live up to other people's approval uh trying to pretend that i could have a political career and be happy doing that and not pursue this urge this impulse in me that that's the wrong thing i actually should be over there writing in the booth but like let's pay lip service to a nine to five for a little while i have promised myself that the only time i will ever allow myself to be seen and not heard is when i'm leading by example and i'm screaming until my voice bleeds because i know what it's like not to have one I am screaming for the woman with acid burns on her face because if I can't have you, nobody can. Yes, all women, but nobody don't understand until you wonder if it's your fault because you smiled at him. And I know he touched you. How many drinks did you have? Why did you wear that skirt? Sure, he's only a man. So I'm screaming for the seven-year-old girl getting ready for her wedding night right now. For the teenage boy on Twitter learning to substitute the word woman with four-letter words in his vocabulary. Because Bill Cosby is not an anomaly. Dr. Huxtable is a fictional character and Jekyll has been known to hide. So a year down the line, we're still singing blurred lines because it took 25 women for the world to listen one time. You mentioned ambition, how ambition is in your family. And I guess that's the thing as well. It's easy to kind of tell people to, you know, like the peoples or anything to follow your dream, do what you want to do. And like, you've got this in the back of your head as well. And you're just like, I might just put this to one side and just tell everybody else to be ambitious. And But eventually you've got to grab it yourself, don't you? Because otherwise you're a fraud like if you're not taking the risks that you're encouraging other people to take you don't have any right to encourage them to take those risks in terms of ambition now in uh mid 2021 after the past year that you've had does it kind of make you reassess like what you had originally seen your career as if that makes sense yeah yeah it does uh, I was telling one of my friends, Jade, the other day that um, I find it beautiful that in order to be a fan of my work, you have to not be a fascist because fascists hate my work, you know, like, and that's great. Like, in order to be comfortable with me and what I want to do, you have to be involved in a work in your life that is moving you towards a certain direction because, like, what I'm not is... Um, a pop star in a traditional sense like I'm not here to sell a universal experience what I talk about is quite specific Um, before I made music when I thought about how I could be a musician I thought about the technicalities of music more you know I thought about melody I thought about 
uh, catchy hooks, maybe. I thought about performance quality. Now that I have real songs, I'm thinking about intention. I'm thinking about meaning. I'm thinking about purpose. And it's completely divorced me from some of my earlier dreams of like vapid stardom that I might have had because like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a very flawed human full of like the aspirations of youth that like you grow up as a young girl thing person and you're like, I want to be like Britney Spears, you know, but this is very much not, oops, I did it again. It's like, oops, I upset the political dynamic of the space that I'm in once more. Like, not, not quite as catchy <laughs> as oops, I did it again. But I think you not could, quite. if you could fit that into a chorus, I, I mean, it would be impressive. <laughs> Like, and and to me, that's like, that's that's dual citizenship. That's Chyla and Ansha mm. and all of these things. It's like, I, I understand more and more as time goes on that like the, the lane that I'm trying to carve for myself has divorced me from childish dreams, but not the ambition of those childish dreams. I still want to sell out Madison Square Garden one day, but... It's predicated on this idea that if that were ever to happen, I would be on a stage with people who I love, who love me, facing an audience of people who have believed from their core in this in this thing that I'm trying to push into my music that you don't have to give in to cynicism to be mature. You don't have to abandon your faith or your dreams you can be the awkward black sheep at christmas dinner who's like the cousin who brings out like weird political ideas all the time and no one wants you there but oops now you're in madison square and there's thousands of us doing something that goes a lot further than just making a moment awkward with your family um because your conviction matters you know that might be the through line of all of my work ever is just your conviction matters dude like you deserve to be a person who's recognized in the world and people should say your name correctly because that's the bare minimum of respect and people should approach you not necessarily with like benevolence but gosh at the very least with give you your dignity you know like at the very least you should feel as though you are utterly free just to exist and not feel threatened by anyone in your space because you want to make space for other people you know, like it, that's, that's my bottom line, you know, like I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to, um, I don't, I don't want you to come to a show and feel like you can't bring your kid. That's why I try really hard not to curse in my music, because I want you to be able to feel like you can have a night out and you can bring your children and like whatever you feel, like I'm not, I'm not going to present you with an ideology or a feeling or a word or a thought that's really, really difficult for you to break down or parse in your car, not because it's explicit, 
because I'm not saying that I'm never going to go there. I am saying that I'm never going to introduce a thought that's like intentionally going to harm anyone. Like I'm not going to be deliberately transphobic in a line. And you're not going to have to try to explain to your kid who's trying to work out what gender is and how they feel about their lives, why I hate them. Like, no, sir. Like, I'm not going to be like flipping ableist in a line and you're going to have to explain to your kid why they're neurodivergent and I said this one word and they felt really bad that I said it like please no (laughs) (laughs) no it's that's really interesting um that kind of who you don't want at a show as well I was listening to Kristen Hirsch on Mm. the um, Mark Maron's podcast a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about her band and the way that they had kind of bros coming to their shows and they were like this isn't our audience how does this happen and you kind of lose control of the narrative for want of a better word and in the past year I guess when you haven't had to worry about that that's kind of one thing you're able to control the audience I mean, a lot of it is kind of what aboutery, I guess. Yeah. Some of the questions that I've asked today, it's kind of like, um, what if there were people at the sh- at shows and gigs happened last year and it was a normal year? Like, do you think what if? But like, do you worry that the message might get lost along the way? Are you are you, are you determined that it won't? I don't think that. Hmm. And and this is a great question because it's something that I honestly obsess over. Like I, I literally, I do sit in my room some nights and I wonder, I wonder if people know how hard I'm trying to make space for them, just straight up. Like, I wonder if you know how hard I'm trying to um, make room for people to come and play and not feel attacked while they're here, like, and not feel like they have to be guarded against like rampant sexism and like weird homophobia at my shows and like if they know how much like I talk to like people behind the scenes just trying to make ways to make sure that isn't happening but of course you can't control people who attend and you can't control why they're there you know like are you here because my titties is all out is that what you're here for bro like because I promise you you'll be disappointed by the rest of the work because like I'm just gonna be real with you there's gonna be a point where I confront you with my with my brain like I I will confront you with the idea that I'm not just like a pawn to be like observed and I can look back at you and I can return the gaze and that's gonna be really uncomfortable sometimes and in the eventuality that that happens I wonder if women know that I want to center them and make them feel special and held and like not like they have to be um, really, 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 yeah, guarded and, uh, f- and, and feel unsafe. And, and yet there have been incidents and there will always be incidents of like whenever you're saying something incisive, whenever you're saying something that the majority is not going to agree with, you're going to have a mixed bag of people attending the shows. Like I know that I speak very explicitly about race and that attracts people who want to feel edified by the fact I'm making space for you as a person of color, you know, whether you're black or Asian or whatever, but at the same time, it's going to draw attention from people from the opposite end of the spectrum who want to call me the author of Irish genocide, you know, and that's, one thing when it comes to people who are approaching me 
you know, I can I can receive whatever death threats in my inbox. And that's like a very separate affair. But then when it spills over into my audience, I have another layer of thinking to do about like, what does security mean? What does protection mean? What does what does it mean to hold each other in that way and make sure that we're all together and we're all safe? Um, because this has also been that year. I think that's been one of the biggest um, reasons I haven't been able to super internalize my success is just because I have been trying really hard not to internalize the 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 putrid and really violent racism that's been directed my way every single time I've done anything every time without exception including the first time like courage was the first time it happened and I had to I I've been laughing about it since it happened because courage is when everything kicked off and I was like wow I needed a lot of courage this year I needed to be very brave this year because no one human being is supposed to receive such an onslaught of that kind of violence without it changing the fundamental framework of how your mind works, you know? We always talk about, like, um, discrimination or bullying in the workplace and how one person can really just change the tone of the place in which you work and make it, like, impossible for you to function. Um, But, like, imagine that... But now, like, 500 comments every time you open anything online, veering from, like, I'm sorry, trigger warning, rape threats to, like, actual descriptions, about uh, graphic descriptions about causing harm to your family members in order to convince you to stop doing the work that you're doing and I'm always very like grateful that I have the kind of people around me that I do like very sensible very very logical people who know how to put in place caveats and like safety nets that allow me to continue to do this but like I I I don't do music without risk you know and I think that that's something that has been lost in the narrative of the last year because I feel like we get lost in the, oh, isn't she great? Isn't she great? Like, oh, they say such mean things to you online and it's just like, oh, you're so great for taking it on. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be good. Um, I'm doing an exceptionally difficult thing in exceptionally dangerous territory with a view on an exceptionally violent section of like Irish citizenry that a lot of people don't have. And I'm persevering, not because I want to be a pop star, but because I'm learning every day that it's extremely necessary if I'm still eliciting this response for me to continue making this music and to make it on my terms, and to make it without apology, and to make it explicitly, and to make it not with the aim to sell records, but to leave a record, Um, and to say that I was here, 
And I said this, and I said this as an Irish person who is also black, not a black Irish person, but an Irish person who is also black, a very important distinction to make. Um, And I said this as a Zambian person who is living in Ireland. And I said this because it matters. And, And because people try to shut me up because they say, no one has said this before. No one has wanted to say this before. Nobody has tried to say this before. So we shouldn't listen to you. Um, but I I have nieces and nephews, young cousins and little girls and boys who like send me messages who are like, I saw you on the Late Late Show and you had your curly hair out and it was really great and I didn't know anyone could do this. And I'm just like, oh man, I don't know how far I'm going to go, but I do want you to go as far as you need to go. And in order for you to do that, you actually do need to see, you you need to see me, you you need to see me strong. You need to see me not bowing down. You need to see me happy, actually. You need to see me playing, which is why Anshah looks like that, because you need to see black people playing and having a good time, being fairy princes and things. Um, and, and And you need to see that you don't have to capitulate to pressure does that mean it's not hard no it doesn't it means that I am engaging in probably the hardest work of my life because the world doesn't stop and this last year I've buried a lot of family members remotely um, and I haven't been able to be there for their funerals because of a pandemic and I've also had to make sure that I'm holding myself as an artist and I've had to make sure that I'm holding my position in that art and saying what I say with my chest and reminding people that I cannot be used and I cannot be marketed and I cannot be manipulated and as far as I'm able the message will remain the same until either I choose not to make music anymore or like I I decide to take my long sleep (laughs) <laughs> thankfully you are making music always <laughs> uh we've talked about everywhere that you lived your new track is called 061 limerick area code yeah is limerick your proper home now you've never thought about leaving in the past year or anything you're very much proud of where you are mm. at the moment physically yeah you know what i'll say this home doesn't mean that i haven't thought of leaving which anyone who's a parent will attest to like your children will always think of you as home but life is very big and large and to be lived and it's important to go and explore but I chose to talk about the 061 because like I feel that for the last decade there has been an enormous amount of personal growth that I've done here like so significant in such powerful ways that I can never erase this from the story of my life. And and it always makes me laugh when people talk to me as a rapper and talk to me as a member of the hip hop or rap scene. Because like, while yes, that's true, it's also very limited. It's a limited scope. My My confidence has been built by folk singers pop stars, uh, DJs, breakdancers, puppeteers, um, other rappers, sure, uh, children in this space. 
shopkeepers shout out to uncle mike on henry street uh quick pick hey. <laughs> um like there there there's no one who lives outside of community you know and our communities often are much more diverse and much larger than we give them credit for being and it is like it is the 061 and 061 not just being limerick but being like this southwest area that covers limerick to shannon and maybe a bit beyond maybe into tip a little bit you know like because like the way people work is that general areas and regions are a great place to start but borders can be very suggestible um like you can be like yeah i live and work in like tipperary but like my parents are in limerick and i'm there all the time and that's where i meet you for coffee and like this and and, and i'm just so like grateful to this space and over the last year it's true people have told me to move to dublin or london or la or like berlin or blah 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 blah. and i'm like, just like like record execs people in the know yeah people in the know but also like well-meaning people who are just like if you want your career to move forward you should go to dublin you should go to london do you consider it or are you like no heck no yeah are you kidding me no no sir like i really feel like we need to acknowledge that where we are is where we are for reasons sometimes you know like if it is part of your story for you to leave and that's what you need personally that's one thing but the premise that you must go in order to attain success to me is flawed because that's not something you can promise you can't promise someone success wherever they are you know and to me and, and what I talk about with Merle and God knows as a narrow lane all the time is that like where you are at is really important because you have relationships where you are at. You've built rapport where you are at. You've built um, communities where you're at. And, and there's this sort of very novel, very beautiful thing that's happening where like if I was in the UK or in the US or in Africa, I would be a different kind of person with a different kind of swag, but I'm here. I'm in the Southwest. And there's something about pointing to the specifics of who I am and how I speak and what I'm seeing and documenting that on record that's really beautiful and striking to people because you can very clearly see, I think, that I'm not really trying to be like anyone else and I, I I hope that's clear um and I hope it's clear that like I'm investing in this place not because I have nowhere else to invest in because I absolutely do but because I choose to invest here you know because I choose to see value in where I'm at and that means I think that other people see value in where you're at too and and by sort of mutually building each other as a community you grow down and you put your roots down much firmer before you grow out, you know? Like, instead of, like, being an inch deep and a mile wide, I'd prefer it to be a mile deep and an inch wide and let myself grow in that way. Um, because what's for you will never pass you. And I really do think that if it's going to be, like, a big, super global, worldwide, international thing, it'll come. It'll come when it comes. That's okay. Like, I can wait. I've waited... 27 years I can wait 27 more years if I need to um but I I just want to give people their flowers you know I wasn't created in a vacuum 
No one was. And I think that people succumb to bitterness because no one ever takes the time to acknowledge that they are there, that they are plugging in, that other people are investing into you. Um, and they're doing it because they believe in you. But like, it's it's really powerful to reciprocally believe in the people around you too. And in that way, I don't know if I believe in the law of attraction necessarily, but I, I love this idea of not chasing anything, but rather building things and letting what's for you come to you instead of like seeing someone else's blueprint going to them and trying to recreate that like that should be your blueprint too that sounds belligerent in a really sweet way i think <laughs> <laughs> well the 061 it sounds like the music coming out of limerick is it just keeps keeps me excited i'm glad as well like specifically this track specifically the guys that you're uh working with and the wider limerick scene as well it's still it still feels really exciting yeah you know what i decided at the beginning of the summer i was like hmm. i was really nervous that people would see me as the child girl and think that I, girl. yeah man <laughs> as and like think that oh gosh that's all she could do like what's going on and i i was entering into these like um circles and spaces that were adjacent to hip-hop and one of the most frequent comments that i was getting is like oh i hate hip-hop but this girl and i was like whoa please don't hate hip-hop yeah. what that's not who i'm trying to reach it's like oh i hate hip-hop but the way you do it is very respectable my my dear and i'm like no please sir ah no um and so when i sat down to do 061 i was like moving back outside of that place where like people tell you like again this is this is industry blueprints right and the people who care about you will tell you go to berlin work with this person make this type of song you need to put this type of song out next do so an that, album like, do an album you know <laughs> and 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 as time goes on you sort of marry yourself to other people's ideas of success and forget that you were doing it because you loved music or you wanted to be a rapper and i wanted to be a rapper you know i wanted to be a rapper's rapper I wanted to be here for the people who love lyrics. I want to be here for the people who love the adrenaline of watching someone get something off and really say something. I want to be here for the people who watched Roxanne Shantae destroy every dude around her in New York and were like, oh my goodness, who is this girl who's like disseminating all of these speeches and destroying crews and it's just one girl and she's a battle MC? What the heck is going on? Like that's the sort of stuff that makes my heart beat faster. And 061 was me going, like look at PX music look at g and Murley. look at everybody who's around me look at post-punk podge do you know look at look at flipping tpm the mary wallopers and like kneecap look at the way we move people when you marry yourself to something really real to you let's go back to that you know let me stop thinking about a vague audience let me start thinking more about what's exciting you know what 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 made me love chance what made me love kanye what made me like listen to college dropout so much i dropped out of college twice 
you know what I mean? Like, this is, this is the thing. Cause like I was listening to, um, all falls down, you know, man, I promise she's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. The major that she majors in don't make no money, but she won't drop out. Her parents will look at her funny now. Tell me that ain't insecure. The concept of school seems so secure. Sophomore three years till I picked a career. She's like, I'll just drop out of college and do me. Like I was like, yo, I listened to that on the 304 bus every day on the way to UL for six months. And then eventually just walked up to like the student like induction space and was like, I'm leaving. Sorry. What's the procedure for this? <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Wow. <laughs> like, and, and this is this is the power of like music that actually moves you like to make a difference in your life. You know, it's like I don't I don't really care anymore about like what I should be doing. I like really care, though, about like impressing that version of me that like listen to people telling the truth and thought it was gospel do you know like like to the point where like one day i want to be the version of kanye that's like they say your latitude determines your attitude i'm high <laughs> do you know that song uh i probably do it's not coming to it's been okay i'll, I'll, I'll spit you the kanye, lyrics yeah. they say your attitude determines your latitude i'm high as a ma fly as a ma but still the ma you love to hate but can't because you love what i make now ain't that about it now i'm a talk shit until i'm out of hits Woo! like i was like what how did you go from being the guy who was like this backpack rapper he was just trying to tell you about making it out the mud and writing like spaceship you know like and talking about like working grave shifts and trying to like make peace with like a belligerent manager who's trying to like frame you for like shoplifting the guy was shoplifting but whatever he was like like smoking weed outside of the mall and like telling himself that he was gonna just work every summer until something happened and then eventually something happened and then he turned into the guy who was like this is my profession I know I can do this. I'm not going to let anyone take that away from me. Okay. You know, like that's my through line. I feel like I'm still like that guy reciting spaceships and and thinking about the future and and dreaming for the day that one day I'm going to be able to like make the kind of music that I want to make without restrictions, without like worrying about money or like time in the studio and like thinking to myself, damn, ah, oh, this is what I want to say. And that's okay. And I don't have to worry about radio not playing me. And I don't have to worry about like not getting streamed on this or this or this because like I'm just me and I'm going to remain me. And that's 061 because. I, I felt like I was straying too far in the opposite direction or I could have been straying too far in the opposite direction. Like I really could have like internalized this thing of now you won the choice and that makes you this kind of artist. So this is what you should do. You know, like I loved working with Sharon and I loved working with Clonid, but I'm not a trad rapper, yo. Like I'm not doing this to be this sort of caricature of a person who like works in industry and works in RTE spaces because this is what I should do no like I'm a rapper my ambition is to be rooted where I am but ultimately I'm talking to the world you know and I'm telling the world I'm proud of where I am and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go around the world eventually I will leave Limerick 
I will come back. You could leave Limerick. <laughs> I will. I will. I absolutely will go back to Zambia for a little while. I'm going to go spend some time in Brazil. I'm going to see the world. People will know I'm from Limerick, though. You know, like people will know that this is my home <laughs> because that's what makes me me. That I had this experience and I love these people and these people love me. And so in order to love me, you got to love this and you got to not talk shit about it straight up like if you it's it's like people like talking about irish musicians in england and they're like english musicians jedward uh blah 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 and i'm like dude they're irish they'll tell you that they're irish i'm irish i'll tell you that i'm irish straight up i went to school with them hmm yeah i went to school with jedward oh wow i know oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking, like, well, that's my final question, and then you just stop that. <laughs> were they good at school? I don't know. I wasn't in their class. They were in the year above me. I remember them giving me, like, um, for their fourth-year project, they were uh, selling, like, bootleg DVDs, and we went to choir together. And I would always see them. Like, we lived in Lucan in the same estate, and so I'd always see them when I was coming out the library. And I'd have, like, the next, like, three copies of, like, whatever fantasy books or series I was obsessing over. And they'd be like, you sound like Beyonce. And I'd always be like, thanks, guys. <laughs> and did they have the hair back then? Yes. Wow. Yep. They've never changed. They've never changed. They're they're still the same. And genuine? Um, genuine, like, personal. Yeah, like, gen- I don't know, genuine is in, like, what they say. They seem yeah. like, they seem yeah, like really good guys. Yeah, they've never changed. They've yeah. never changed. Like, I... You caught me unaware. You caught me unaware. I'm I didn't so have, sorry. I didn't have my Jedward uh, discourse. Oh, really? Jedward <laughs> discourse cap hand. on? Well, you know what? I'm glad I did. I needed to give you, like, a little left turn because we were getting a little bit too deep and, like, emotional, and, like, I had to throw you. Okay. Um... <laughs> We won't make the final question about what Jedward were like at school. Uh, how how much are you able to say about what comes next? Uh, what can people expect from the from the music about what comes next? Oh six one is the very next thing that people are going to hear, uh-huh. and then after that, are you allowed to say anything? Do you want to say anything? After that, okay. If you are here because you love me and you love when I'm free, you're going to enjoy the next year because I do what I want with my music and I am doing it very obviously and I will play in your face. I will hopefully do it tenderly and ease you into it. Your safe word is elephant. And I am very excited because like this entire semester for me is just about writing uh saying things for the record because i find that sometimes people try to twist my meaning take me out of context or misuse my voice uh not anymore uh (laughs) um and if you like mixtapes you're gonna love me (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna win is the next mixtape gonna win the choice uh 2021 oh gosh um I don't know. I don't know. I like that's that's up to you guys. Like it's you know what? I would love to win a Grammy for a mixtape. I would love for us to just 
twist everything upside down left is right right is left this is carnival the jester is the king and music belongs in our hands once more and what we say goes as a collective and that will be it for the rest of our lives uh ashe (laughs) (laughs) on that note literally uh this is the first time that i've interviewed you it was great it was just what I expected. So thanks for uh, doing the podcast and hopefully we'll get to talk again. I would love to. <laughs> you came here to the 061, so we'll show you how to get, how to get things done. Came to the 061, we'll show you how to have, how to have some fun. You came to the 061. Came to the 06061, you came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to have, how to have some fun. Came to the 061. You came to the 06061. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done. I'm not a queen, I'm a prince. Make a scene and dip for months, I don't leave any prince. I am not a queen, I'm a king. No pick a fence, but I'll pick it if you keep me out the ring. I am not chasing a ring, wasn't groomed for a groom. There is no man I love to impress. Explaining myself, keep it bespoke for I ever say yes to address right to you, but somehow still the bigger man. Cut to the chase, don't need a middleman. Dream my heart out, pepper ran, pepper ran. I do this cause I can. I'm not paying any attention to the fakeness. I'm not giving any advice that I'm not taking. I'm not wasting any more time and staying patient. Bringing all my energy back to keep it sacred. Sometimes to heal alone, you gotta break it. I am the result of love for generations. Dream you back to life, call it a grave shift. Trying to keep it understated. Save the chance you misunderstand who the heck that I think I am. You should have called me the girl, them sugar. Up jump the boogie and a cool with my gang. You can use the 061, so we'll show you how to get, how to get things done. Came to the 061, we'll show you how to have, how to have some fun. You came to the 061. Came to the 06061. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done. Who gets the 061? We'll show you how to have, how to have some fun. You came to the 061. You came to the 06061. You came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, get, History made. Your children's children's children will learn about me. I don't even post them all on your socials, paper, and your TV. I'm here to stay. If you hate it, you should write to your local MP. Cause your local MC writes constitutions and wabs and MP3s. You should call me daddy at this point. I could diss you and make it a TED talk. Get a book deal for bars that I wrote in the notes on my phone. Make it look like a walk in the park. Glad it's night and I light up the dark. No offense, but this is the Ark of the Covenant. Coveted, this is the future, beloved. Call me Era and beat all the Aryans out of your area. Clearing the air for you. They say it's humorous. I got a uterus. Call it hysteria. Find it hilarious that I have barely begun my career. Already gave them the fear of body. Odd. Just said I wanted to bar. What you afraid that I'll say with the time that I've got? You're a Don, but you can't control yourself. You're a Don, but you don't know yourself. You're a boss, but you can't share the wealth. With all due disrespect, I know that I'm fine and got bars. I know I got brain and got heart. That part, I know I don't have to try hard. You can use the 061, so we'll show you how to get, how to get things done. Came to the 061, we'll show you how to have, how to have some fun. You came to the 061. Came to the 06061, you came to the 061. We'll show you how to get, how to get things done.